It's two redheads who have some catching up to do talking about racing. I'm, it's been a while. Unfortunately, we're not in person anymore. I know. I can't I know. hit you during the podcast when you say something stupid. And I'm not going to hit myself, so you're out of yeah. luck. This really, this stinks for you, Jason. I'm so sorry. It's all right. I'm actually outdoors currently recording the podcast. I'm at home for like another hour before I fly back to Charlotte. So if it sounds like you hear some birds chirping or some wind blowing, I'm outside. Just heads up. What about... Yeah, I hear the birds. I hear the yeah. birds. Thank you for the heads they're, up. <laughs> they're singing along, and as they listen to our podcast, Andrew Curland. <laughs> Jason Schultz, you just have to make sure you don't get attacked by the birds. Andrew's afraid of birds and feels like... <laughs> like He told me the story about he went on a run one time and a bird attacked him. So I'm thinking it's like this really big bird that's like one of those weird ones you see that flies low and does weird things and then he pointed out when i was in chicago a couple weeks ago and it's this little harmless bird he's like it's a red wing blackbird they're everywhere they're everywhere they attack i'm like you're afraid no, they seriously the they're everywhere i hear them outside in my backyard i was watching the nascar race outside uh <laughs> i had a fire and all that and i hear them like i swear to god if you come and swoop <laughs> at my head right now i'm gonna like i'm at the point i'm just gonna throw punches now back. you're gonna scream like, and run I'm away just, no i am gonna fight that bird I'm going to fight that bird until I win. <laughs> if no, he's not. attacking me, I have every right. Um, Andrew's also <laughs> afraid of most bugs. And usually, like, I think being in New York for those three days, like, there's no, way more true. bugs here than in Charlotte. Like, I never see just random bugs flying around Charlotte. Like, I would have my sunglasses on, and this bug would, like, fly up into my glasses. I'm like, get out of here. I hate bugs. Like, Andrew hates Yeah, it's bugs. annoying. Like, gnats? No, like, flies and all, I don't know. Yeah, that's annoying. Weird. All right, we'll stop talking about nature <laughs> and talk yeah, about Yeah, it really has been racing. nature talk yeah. here. <laughs> All right, so we talked about Chicago uh, last episode, but we didn't talk about Daytona because Andrew had to leave Daytona because uh, he didn't get to see Sunday's race, but he had to go to the Bahamas, which kind of sucks for him. But yeah, tell us about how Daytona was. Uh, and I want to put this nicely, too, because I really do enjoy every single weekend. Um, but out of most nascar race weekends this past weekend was probably the worst that i've been through because a i barely saw any racing and b i was just trapped inside all day like i was just like so you know jumpy i'm like all right let's get going here there was so much waiting around it was it was hard to do but it was still a fun weekend but um, there's just a lot of sitting in the media center waiting out the rain and that's never fun i hated it like i genuinely you know, you could see how this really does suck for the fans and everybody who sticks it out. You know, they make a vacation or trip out of it and then they have to go home. You know, that's yeah. that stinks. But yeah, not really much to talk about from Daytona yeah. from that standpoint. I know it wasn't one of your favorite weekends, but for me, it was a personal highlight weekend because at Chicagoland, um, you talked with TJ Majors about interviewing him <laughs> at Daytona. And based on how TJ likes to jab at me for different things on door bumper clear i thought i would give him some ammo to use on andrew <laughs> during his interview so let's play that clip real quick oh and for context because on this show previously no you don't have to 
On the show previously, we've talked about me filling my car up with diesel, but if you're new to the show, I filled my car up with diesel last summer when Jason was here for the NASCAR race. I'm Jason. So, you are Jason Schultz. I'm Andrew Curland once again. Um, we are doing a better job at saying our names. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so... Well, just take a listen. <laughs> We're here at a super speedway. That seems to be like the most difficult job for a spotter. How much focus does it really require? Uh, requires, um, you know, a lot of focus. Probably about as much focus as putting gas in your car and making sure it's not diesel. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, it requires a lot of focus. You know, you're looking at something constantly. You're trying to see where runs come from, where guys are breaking the planes or the bubble kind of is what we call it. You know, once they get within a half a car length, they kind of break the bubble and they can get up there and help each other. And it's not really the car behind you you're really worried about. You're more you're more worried about what's happening, or I am personally, two, three cars behind you because that's where the runs start. Well, you sent me that. So first you texted me after the interview of the thing. <laughs> Thanks for telling TJ about diesel. So I called you right away because I was hoping he would mention it. And then he's like, yep, said it right in the interview. I'm like, perfect. And then he sends a video. And I actually thought he didn't tell you about it beforehand. He just literally said it and like opened the interview by saying that. And your rea- your facial reaction was kind of like, I think you were just stunned because you couldn't believe he actually said in the interview. And then like I was like, you're probably like, oh, I'm going to freaking kill Jason for telling him that. No, no. I thought it was good. Like that's, I always like it, you know, when you can, have some fun in interviews like that but like so he said it and immediately my mind it wasn't like oh jason like uh, like <laughs> that's not where my mind went instantly i'm thinking how am i gonna edit this out you know <laughs> what i mean <laughs> don't edit it out i'm not gonna put that in the interview he's just using an example <sighs> of how you focus on different aspects of life Maybe I'll post it on Twitter. How about that? Yeah. That clip individually. No, he might. Well, he doesn't share anything on Twitter we ask him to. So, <laughs> but if he shares that, it'd be pretty impressive. So now we have kind of a back and forth war with TJ yeah, Majors as the third party yeah. intermediate between yeah. the two of us. Because after that, I'm like, all right, I got to get Jason back. So I'm like, TJ, because you guys work on Door Bumper Clear together. So I'm like, TJ, if you ever need, you know, any like pictures or anything of Jason, um, just let me know. So later on in the week, because I forgot about it. And, you know, there's, you know, the whole rain delay and all that. Um, I texted him three pictures of you and his response was oh my gosh and i sent it to our group chat and you didn't think i would actually send the pictures no. but i did i didn't think you'd one- <laughs> that low. Okay. i know one of them was you wearing like orange sunglasses when you were a little kid doing like some like cool like move with like your hands or whatever Thanks for calling me cool um it was a picture of you doing some like weird uncool moves with your hands yeah, yeah, or whatever no. you yep there it. you go i nope. corrected it nope <laughs> And <laughs> what did TJ say? He's like, um, the he memed it. It's memed yeah, he her. memed it. What did he say? He said, "I got your sound, bruh." Yeah, I got your sound, bruh. And then he said, "Jason, you little gangster." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. So I've got two more pictures that he has not used yet. So I'm really excited to see what he does. <laughs> really didn't think Andrew would come to this level, but now we're pretty much now. I got to pay him back somehow. So. I'll have to set some more interviews up and find with some TJ dirt. Majors yeah. or Brett Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> One the of the two, two. They're the two guys I can do. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about Kentucky. Please uh, fill me in on what happened at Kentucky. I watched the race, but I was sitting there. And I just couldn't understand what the um, announcers were saying for some reason. It was just a really weird feeling, and I just fell asleep by the end of the second stage anyway. You were just a little buzzed. <laughs> I had a round here buzz. 
Uh-huh. There you go. I like that reference. You uh, had mixed drinks about feelings. <laughs> sure. But it's I, an Eric Church song, We were too. Snapchatting right before the race, too, about it. And <laughs> I sent something to Andrew, and then you sent something back. I'm like, what did I even tell you? I can't even remember at this point. Yeah, you're like, what did you say? So then I explained it again. And then you're like, what? So I'm like, I'm, gi- I'm going to give up. I'm not even going to explain it anymore. <laughs> and then yeah. you just stopped responding for a couple hours. So... <laughs> So tell me what happened in Kentucky. I'm, inter- I'm very interested to find out how this race went. So you thought Kentucky was a normal Kentucky race. Because I didn't see like any we've pits. seen I just in previous years. But it was actually really good. I mean, this package at one and a half mile, at mile and a half tracks, totally works and it fixed Kentucky. I would say the two things that fixed Kentucky, obviously the rules package and also the... Um, sticky stuff that they laid onto the top side of the groove, which stayed into play for about half of the race. So it made some interesting multi-groove racing, which is something after the repave Kentucky had been lacking a lot. But I mean, I would best point to Chicago as they were a lot of close battles. I mean, there were times where NBC couldn't focus on just one battle because there were so many different battles going on the racetrack. Um, Kyle Busch and Joey Logano got into it for the lead, like side drafting the heck out of each other with about videos. 10 to go. Yeah, that was insane. Oh, wait, so they were battling for the lead before that caution came out. Yes. So that was a battle for the lead. So Logano caught Kyle and then it was Logano caught him. Kyle okay. and Kyle basically for about a uh, half lap or so, they were just side drafting nonstop, basically almost bumping into each other the whole time. Logano takes the lead, he opens it up to about two seconds, and we're like, oh, crap, this is how it's going to end. And then, of course, Bubba spins, throws the caution out, and we get sent into overtime, where I don't remember who started in the front row. I think I it, was say it was Kyle, Kyle and Joey. Yeah, I watched yeah. it play. Um, and Kurt Busch sitting fourth, had his teammate Kyle Larson push him. Eric Jones and Kurt Busch split Kyle Busch three wide down the yeah, middle. that was good. Heading into one and two. Then it was just the Kurt and Kyle show on the whole last lap. Like They were side by side the whole last lap. Coming off of four, I couldn't tell you who was going to win the race. And Kurt Busch won by about, you know. Not much. Yeah, not much. I think it was just, like, he was Kyle was right behind Kurt. Yeah. And that was about it. But it was fantastic finish. Like, we- yeah. This package won. We haven't had many overtime restarts, I feel, this season. And that seeing one like that, it's like, oh, reminds you how awesome it is to have a two-lap shootout at a mile intermediate track, especially with the restarts being as crazy as they are now. And, like, it was just super exciting. So I woke up at one point. There were other people partying here last night, too. So I woke up at one point after hearing some rowdy partiers. And that was probably, like, two hours after the race ended. So I watched the final lap replay. I'm like, oh, that was awesome. And then this morning I woke up and watched it again because I didn't really remember the replay when I woke up in the middle of the night and watched <laughs> it. And then my the thing that stood out most was Kurt Busch and the number one team were celebrating a victory. When is the last time you saw any team celebrate the way that that one car did? I think Bowman's crew was pretty excited after their win, but like just genuine jumping up and down, catch Kurt jumping into their arms, like genuinely excited about winning a race. And that is something I feel like if Kyle Busch wins, that doesn't happen. If Kevin Harvick wins, Mark Truex, no. why, like, why don't you celebrate victories like that? It's just become so routine, and I hate that. And I'm glad Kurt Busch showed every driver in the field how to celebrate again. Well, I think it was the reason he celebrated like that was because it was everything but routine for Kurt Busch. 
winning, you can't, at least for Kurt Busch, like it doesn't come that often. And especially, think about this. This is the one team at Chip Ganassi Racing. Last time I think the one car won a race in NASCAR was Jamie McMurray at Talladega in like 2013 or something like that. Was that it? Is yeah. that correct? Yes, let's go. So Actually, I mean, he may have won the All-Star race in 2014, but Oh, yeah. That's a good point. But a points-paying race, it's been a while. Even even 2014 it's been a while. But yeah. So anyways, a lot of those guys, it was their first win, but for many it had just been so long, and I think that's so cool and I mean, how do you feel about the front straightaway interviews? I think they ruined good photo and video opportunities by NBC's camera guys and reporters in this truck coming out. And I thought like the footage I saw from the, it didn't show it as much. It wasn't as in the way as usual, but I actually, I didn't even watch this interview. You didn't? <laughs> no. Okay. So tell, tell I, you wouldn't get that in victory lane. It was even better than you would get in victory lane. Yeah. Kurt Busch. I mean, he's, that is him right out of the race car. It was phenomenal. I mean, he was he was more excited than, you know, you'd think about Ricky Stenhouse, like, America, we're the champs, or like Eric Jones, like, after Daytona. This was probably the, the best start-finish line interview I've seen, except for Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain yeah. was good. I would say it's up to par with Ross Chastain. So that, Kentucky's the last mile and a half until we get to the playoffs and go to Las Vegas again, but... The mile and a half racing we've seen this year, this is the one thing I was excited with this package. I think the package sucks everywhere else but mile and a half. But the one thing that the promise this package had was improving mile and a half racing tenfold. And it has done that this year. Like, mile and a half racing has been memorable. It's been exciting. Restarts have been great. And now we're coming off of great ones at Kentucky and Chicago. Yeah, yeah, those two races. Those can't think straight. It may not. It may or may not be the alcohol, but we'll we'll figure it out. Yeah, you're just taking like a sip in between. You know, <laughs> me talking there. Um, I'm just enjoying my last day at home. But yeah, so <laughs> a mile and a half like Kansas was awesome. All these mile and a half races were great. Of course, the the package has been better at night racing when the conditions are colder at the tracks. Of course, we go to the playoffs. We have Las Vegas. If I was drunk, how would I be coming up with all these great? examples of questions and stuff i just heard that can slam against the table and it seemed and it sounded like it was empty okay so so that's all i'm saying we have vegas we have kansas in the playoffs we have texas and And of course miami yeah i think now that since roval's uh road course race i think that's the only four in the playoffs but of course vegas will be later in the evening it'll still be pretty hot because i think that's why they no vegas is gonna be a night race I think it starts it's at a like, Sunday night race. I think it starts at like, oh no, at four thirty Central or Western or wherever Las Vegas is, and then seven thirty Eastern. Yeah, that makes sense. I forgot about yeah. that. So that is exciting to hear about. Kansas will be a day race, but if it it is could be colder that time of year in Kansas. So if it plays out anything like it did in um, May, it'd be awesome. And then Texas is usually later in the evening because it's and Miami and it's under yeah, the lights. See, so like I'm stoked for the playoffs because mile and a half racing is usually the not as exciting part of the playoffs but after what we've seen so far this season we'll have a couple month break but then it should be lit <laughs> lit um and then for the other tracks you know the short tracks and road courses nascar is aware that i don't think they are 
No, I, Steve Phelps I know they thinks are. across the board that everything's all the racing's been great this year, and it really has only been great the mile halves. So I feel like most other races have been worse than they've been in previous years. Listen, I had breakfast with someone that we work with in NASCAR at Daytona, and we were talking about the package just casually, and he said that, I mean, it, it's pretty clear that everyone knows that the racing outside mile and a half isn't the strong point. So and, and and I look at this year and I'm sure NASCAR looks at it the same way as this is the stepping stone for how you refine the package to make it better for the future. I just wish they would publicly say, yes, the mile and a half racing has been great, but we're working on like Steve O'Donnell and he tweets everything's great and all how awesome the racing is, yes, that mile and a half has been great. But I just wish they would publicly say where we would like to work on racing at the racing product at other tracks. And I really think the only answer to that is going to be using two different packages, like a mile and a half specific big track package, like Michigan. I like Michigan too. That was pretty good. Uh, but then having to use some other package for the short tracks, and that just seems costly And that they're trying to find one solution to every track, and that's what they tried this year, the package, and it's not working. I just hope and wish they will actually make changes for the non-intermediate tracks next year i think they will i think they will but they time better. will tell yeah but um and this is gonna and, and one thing i love about the points that nbc shows is this kurt bush win just stirs the pot even more yeah. with the points um oh darn it darn it all right, so I took a picture of the TV yesterday thinking I got a picture of the points, and of course, the one thing that I wanted to capture, I cut it off. I you cut off idiot. the cut line, but um, I know it's close, and I think where it's going to be fun, I can't just, even read the points. Na- just go to NASCARs.com. <laughs> they list the playoff points. <laughs> Alright, so I can't tell you what the cut line looks like, but I can tell you Toyota is leading the manufacturer standings. Thank you, NASCAR.com. That is more than Chevrolet. <laughs> NASCAR.com always coming in clutch with all the relevant information we need. Alright, so I can't find cut line stuff, unfortunately. But I know it's tight, and that's what I'm really excited about is I believe that it's going to stay like this all the way down to the wire when we hit Indianapolis. I, I think the points are going to be tighter than they have been in a while. How about NBC coming in in their first three races, getting three first-time winners this season? And how we talked about this in the beginning of the season, like as soon as NBC comes on, the races sound more exciting, they're more entertaining to watch, and they've had three really good races with a lot of different things happening. Like I f- have feeling it's NBC's way they broadcast the race that really brings out all yes. these different storylines and we're seeing it play out again and we did see fox talent arguing back on twitter a little bit about people saying nbc's coverage has been better but i think the reality is nbc's coverage is better yeah i i'm gonna have to agree with that um and i just special shout out dale jr especially at daytona last week and last night at kentucky he just brought so much energy and excitement and just like true passion to the broadcast it's fun listening to dale jr like he is so fun to listen to so he i believe has also greatly enhanced the broadcast yeah for sure best broadcaster there is in sports maybe biased but he calls it like it is adds injects energy into the broadcast and really makes it exciting. I think he was, one thing he said to the last uh, restart or whatever, that like, wow, if these two get together, what's Eric Jones going to do? Like calling out something like 
that was pretty he talks on. like a race car driver he watches the race like a race car yeah. driver and that's what you need exactly um anything else cover from kentucky i think we covered a lot of it thanks for recapping me about the race on saturday yeah, night i covered a lot of it yes but i added some delightful insight and analysis um, all right, I want to give a special shout out to someone I met at Daytona who said that he was a fan of this podcast. His name's Roy. Um, messaged me on Twitter, got to talk to him outside of the Noah Gregson pit box during the Xfinity race before I had to leave. Ugh. Um, but yeah, he was a nice guy and he said he was a fan of the show. So, Roy, if you're listening, thanks for listening, being a fan. Yeah, for sure. I'll be at Bristol's my next race. Andrew's going to That's Michigan. Right. So if you're at... And Pocono now. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm sorry. No, Pocono's not that bad. Eh, um, it can be. Good luck. Anyways. Uh, so right. we'll pretty much be covering episodes for... Two and a half post-race episodes for the... <laughs> this is your third time trying it. How do you screw this up? <laughs> you can't undo the alcohol Let me do you it. Consume. Jason, let me okay. do it. Um, basically, we're going to be covering from here on out... Um, episodes, except, oh, shoot. There's one that I don't think I'm going to be able to do. It's the uh, Bristol Night Race. That's moving day. Have you ever had to deal with that on moving day? Uh, yeah, so the last three years I've had that problem. The f- Let me guess. <laughs> Year one. <laughs> Everyone, this is the second. Jason's audio cut out the first time so now we're gonna recap the last three minutes of the show so jason let me guess what you did on moving day first year you kind of caught it but there was a social thing so you caught the end of the race that's a strategy second year you were moving into an apartment so you just watched the race there and then third year you actually got to know some people you met some people and you invited them over to watch the race you got it i'm a good listener yeah really (laughs) it's just like you were there (laughs) <laughs> so I would recommend for you, depending on the, since the, you will be on Western or West Coast time or whatever, it's going to be a little different when the races are whatnot. But maybe if you're hanging out with some cool new friends and you're like mentioning NASCAR within the first 10 minutes of the conversation, because that's what you're best at and being like, <laughs> Hey, you want to go check out the end of the race? And because everyone wants to get to know each other still, and you're in that kind of weird period where you're trying to make friends and whatever, they're like, Oh yeah, sure. Why not? And then you could awesome. immediately... Of course, you have your friend Henry there, so you might just end up watching the race with him because... Oh, yeah, he might want to watch the race. Yeah. Or if you have two people persuading people, you should watch the NASCAR race. Him and his roommate. Ah, see, I'm going to infect ASU. Get ready, folks. There's a big infestation coming. NASCAR style. Yeah. Sorry. Um, all right. That, that seems like it's about uh-huh. it. You can follow me on social media. I hope you guys don't get too confused with this. On Twitter, it's at Andrew Kerlin TV. Then on Instagram, it's just Andrew Kerlin. So you gotta take caution when you're searching that stop name. Stop defending this and just change it all to one. <laughs> no, yes. I'm not. I'm gonna I'm keep just trying my to name. Help personal brand out here. Well, all right, but you type in my name. The last thing you were to type in is TV. You would find okay. me already. Yeah, yeah. We argue about this every week. Hey, Jason Schultz. Where can we find you on Twitter? At hey, Jason Schultz. How did you know? What about Instagram? Hey, Jason Schultz. That's so easy. easy. That's amazing. <laughs> I think Andrew actually got drunk before this episode because he's very happy and cheery today. No, I just like that. Um, I like to give you crap on the username thing because I don't think it's that big I of a deal. I think it's a huge deal. <laughs> I didn't think it was a big deal, and then someone very influential in my life said it was a big deal, so I changed it. <laughs> okay. Well, and I that's would all like, we got. I would like to think I'm very influential on in your life and that you should make the change. 
said the guy who keeps hitting me. I am in New York. Uh, you're in Chicago, so clearly there's someone else there trying to hit you. <laughs> All right. Well, um, Jason, go ahead, finish that third or fourth beer that you're on uh, since we started the show. Oh, gosh. You just crumpled it right in the FaceTime screen. This show's taking a turn. All right, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Redhead Racing Radio. We will see you later.